You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love, where talking about sex goes beyond the taboos and talking about love goes beyond the honeymoon. I'm Dr. Joe Court. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to Smart Sex, Smart Love. Thank you for tuning in. And if this is your first time listening to my show, welcome. Today I'm joined by licensed marriage and family therapist and ASEX certified sex therapist, Eleni Economides. Eleni is located in Rochester, New York, where her work focuses on helping her clients' concerns around sexuality and relationships. On this episode, we'll be discussing how to talk to your teenagers about masturbation. As Eleni says, masturbation is a healthy milestone for our teens and is a very normal part of our sexual development, teaching them to do it right as an act of self-love, body awareness, and self-soothing is a gift that will serve them for life. I couldn't agree more. Welcome, Eleni. Hi, Joel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on here. I'm so excited for your to, to talk to us about, now this isn't going to run in, in May, but May is Masturbation Month. I'm sure you know that, right? That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. And that's why we booked you, but I think this is going to be on after. But mm-hmm. either way, it's an important conversation because talking to your kids about sex in general, people don't have words, people don't know how to do it. And then talking to your teenagers about masturbation, masturbation, same thing. So um, why don't you start with what, um, what, why, why talk to your teenagers about masturbation? Let's go there first. Well, uh, I guess a lot of people really underestimate the influence that they have on their children. They think that school is, uh, you know, the place that they're going to get their sex education and teachers or somehow a sex educator will be the better person to, uh, you know, talk about anatomy and all the things that they need to know about reproduction and birth control and STDs, STIs, which is what the majority of sex education in the United States focuses on. Hopefully, you know, uh, uh, not not all states are required to uh, provide accurate information, and that's a little troubling, uh, mm-hmm. troublesome, but uh, at least the ones that they do, the sex education focuses on those topics, reproduction and uh, STI, STD prevention and pregnancy prevention. Nobody really talks about pleasure, which is the uh, major ingredient for um, why somebody masturbates. Exactly. And curiosity and pleasure is the, the, you know, curiosity. One, kids discover that it feels good very early on. And by the time they're teenagers, um, you know, they have had to either figure out a lot of it by themselves. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's a, it's a, the best ways to kind of start these conversations early on and build mm-hmm. on them. It's more like of a scaffolding process where you, you have sort of micro lessons and micro uh, teachings. You talk to them about the birds and the bees and then those discussions evolves as they should as their their understanding becomes more complicated and um, they're able to process more complicated concepts so ideally those discussions have started earlier but uh, 
uh, if uh, teenage years is when you start, let that be it. Don't underestimate your influence and you are the best person for your child to learn this information rather than go online and through friends because right. there is a lot of misinformation out there. Right. And, and you want them to your children to have your family values, whatever those are. And so that's the trouble, right? Is that they don't do it and then they learn it elsewhere and then they're upset that it was learned elsewhere, but they didn't step in to teach their children. Correct. Correct. Right. That, uh, uh, now, this is a little bit of a, a, a tricky uh, topic there that you started, Joe, because uh, you want them to have your own, you know, to come from a place of uh, family values and, you know, certain principles that you have as a parent uh, and an adult. But at the same time, it's important that you are aware of your own biases before you talk to them, um, mm. meaning we, you know, some of us have had traumatic sexual experiences growing up. Some of us come from a religious uh, or more of a conservative background. Um, I guess, what is it that you want them to understand? Um, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you're saying you don't want them to pass on misinformation or bias Correct. information, right, based on their lack of knowledge mm -hmm. and awareness. Correct. If if a parent is very hesitant in talking about these things because they understand that they themselves have limitations and they feel, you know, there is a certain amount of discomfort around, gosh, how can I talk to my kid about this? I, I don't know myself. I don't want to, you know, give them, give them false information. There's nothing wrong in, in acknowledging that you feel uncomfortable and that you're out of your element. Um, but don't fake comfort. <laughs> uh, kids, uh, you know, teenagers can sort of, uh, they smell bullshit. They don't, um, <laughs> they, they, they know when you uh, don't feel comfortable and they're not going to come to you. They don't, they don't think that, that you're the person they can go to. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, let's, let's, let's research that together. It's better to do that than to try and, lie or manipulate uh, your way to kind of, um, you know, um, what you're sharing. Right. It's okay not to know. You know, when I did, um, I did a, a seminar last year on talking to kids about sex, I tried to get a, a community going to my uh, practice in Royal Oak and, and I was bringing in groups of people just from volunteering to talk about it, you know? And what I learned was parents have difficulties talking to their children because they weren't talked to when they were mm -hmm. children. So they don't have the language. Have you seen that? Yes, for sure. They do. They don't have the language and they have the same, uh, uh, oftentimes misinformation uh, or limited, let's call it information um, uh, uh, as to how do I talk to my kid uh, when I, you know, I had to go through what I, I had to go through to learn the hard way. How can I, we either become overprotective, right? I don't want them to uh, know or engage in in any of that in hopes that they're going to stay safe and they're not going to go through what I went through. Or the issue that you just discussed comes up where I don't know how to do this and uh, maybe, maybe you know, their father or their mother, whoever, you know, the other caregiver can do the hard work. I leave it up to them. Um, uh, and... Uh, I guess, yeah, it, it, yeah, we try to either limit the information or abstain from, you know, just 
hope that somebody else is going to do it and mm -hmm. uh, we won't have to do it. Uh, I'm just thinking when I'm listening to you and reading over, you know, the notes uh, before we got on that I could just see the trouble and the discomfort that parents would have talking to their kids, teens, whatever, ab about masturbation being pleasure, mm -hmm. self-love, self-soothing, and then on top of it, a safe alternative to partnered sex. How, what do you say to parents that say, what do you mean that maybe they don't believe in that and, and maybe they, they feel like they're going to be encouraging all kinds of acting out behaviors in their kids? Correct. A lot of people do think that if I start this talk, I'm going to encourage my kid to be sexual. And that is further from the truth. Uh, when, uh, you know, when children are curious and they're going to, um, you know, um, discover their body or start experimenting with what feels good from a very young age. And that can be very confusing to them um, when they don't know why that's happening. And uh, if, uh, if the parent is sort of uh, trying to, you know, a lot of parents, I guess, uh, end up shaming. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from the word because I don't want to, uh, I guess, uh, guilt trip anyone. But um, it, it's easy for us to kind of say, don't, don't, don't touch yourself there. You know, this is, you know, it's not right to touch yourself that way. Uh, but we don't explain why. We don't talk about the concept of, uh, you know, this is pleasurable and that's why you do it. And that's okay because it feels good. But at the same time, it's something that you do in private. And you can have your own space, uh, that you can do that in the right time. And that is not uh, in public. Uh, where a lot of... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. A lot of younger kids will, you know, will, uh, you know, touch themselves and there is exploration between children. People are scared. They don't know what to make of, uh, you know, the fact that a child is curious and um, they're afraid that if they talk about it, that it's going to make the child more sexual, which is, yeah. that is not correct. You know, one time, uh, this was Oprah Winfrey, you know, in the last two or three of her seasons on her regular show, she had a, a sex therapist, Laura Berman. I don't know if you remember this or not. I love Dr. Laura Berman. And um, she had really good input. And they did one show on uh, on masturbation and vibrators. Well, maybe it's just on vibrators. Well, obviously masturbation. And Laura Berman said she uh, recommends gifting uh, your 13 or 12-year-old daughters vibrators so they can learn how to manage their bodies. Because if they don't, then when they get together with boys, they're in service of the male body and they don't know how to help the boy uh, teach uh, them how to manage her body. And I remember the audience of reaction was very negative. And uh, Gail, you know, or Oprah's best friend, Gail, was the first caller in and was mortified that this was the show and mortified that Laura Berman was recommending this. And all the reviews after that were so negative. And I remember being shocked. What do you make of that? Well, <laughs> when I say uh, shocked, I mean shocked at the negative feedback, not shocked that God said that. I thought mm -hmm. it was very progressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, uh, it kind of, uh, I think it goes, it's, it's a parallel of what we were talking about, the fear of uh, what is going to, there is this also um, um, coming from a patriarchal society where, um, you know, there's still a, a lot of, um, no, misogynism going around and female pleasure it's still a taboo 
to mm-hmm. to to recommend something like that on a show that has so much uh, publicity, I can understand that people uh, uh, were shocked to uh, uh, you know how open and um, I, I guess inviting this person might have been to to tell people you know give this to your daughter uh, you will give her a gift that will serve her uh, uh, well. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know that I agree with that recommendation per se, because I, feel, I find that getting a vibrator is a very, very personal decision and a choice mm-hmm. that one should, should make for themselves. But uh, certainly being open to tell your daughter that, you know, uh, there, there's these things that are called vibrators that they're intended for you to discover, you know, and to help you figure out your body. Would you be interested in one? That would be right. certainly something that um, uh, I would vote for. Now, what about, I don't know if this is a, an area of that you're, it's part of your expertise, but religious families that forbid masturbation. I mean, like, I'll tell you, I've had males uh, in my office not be able to stay erect and have intercourse because uh, because they were taught not to masturbate or touch themselves, really. And so they learned to masturbate through uh, t- uh, pillows or the mattress. Mm-hmm. So that's the only way they can be sexual. So it's really put them in a bad position. That's why they come to therapy to learn how not to stop masturbating, but do it differently so that they can enter, you know, into an intercourse. What do you tell religious people about the masturbation? Um, well, in trying to be respectful of their, you know, uh, spiritual and religious beliefs, I think uh, education is key. And that's the way that I approach it. I kind of talk about the limitations, the limitations of, you know, um, I guess how dangerous it is to not have accurate information. And in trying to be respectful of uh, the principle that they're coming from, uh, to help them see that there is a lot of dissonance in it, in that you are required to be a non-sexual person before marriage and then after marriage you you know especially for females uh, but you mentioned males as well you're supposed to kind of you know uh, procreate and be this everything uh, each other's sexual partner for life uh, and people just don't have the skills or the knowledge of their own body and what it is that uh, they should be doing and you know people that come from such conservative background conservative backgrounds they also have very limited access to technology and uh, uh, which would be a way that they would educate themselves now unfortunately sometimes for some people that only happens through porn which can be very misleading but uh, um, I certainly have encountered couples and clients that struggle with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt with wanting to, you know, um, to be sexual in all sorts of ways because uh, pleasure, you know, s- pleasure through sex um, is a, such a major, uh, I guess, component of our life uh, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, sort of becomes suppressed and it sort of sometimes leaks out in other areas. People... And once they figure out that masturbation and uh, releases certain kind of substances in their body and they feel great, it's easy to start using that as a way to soothe anxiety 
and uh, people can run into all, all sorts of uh, issues if they don't have correct information and they feel shamed about what's happening. I'm glad you brought up porn because I think that's a, an, another issue is where does porn for, fit in and how do you talk to parents about talking to their children about pornography? Because they are, I always tell people, your kids are watching it, whether you ban it, whether you limit it, whether you put parental controls on it, whether you scare them, um, they're going to do it. And, yeah. you know, and so they, it's so important to have a porn literacy conversation so that they don't uh, begin to real to think this is normal and this is what everybody's doing when in fact much of porn isn't. So how do you help parents with that? Yeah, um, I guess... Uh, like I said, there is no, uh, I don't think there is one age to start the talks, but at the same time, one, as kids are getting older and they have more and more access to technology and they have their own devices, uh, the way that I kind of uh, discuss this with parents, usually parents or other caregivers, uh, in a kind of uh, casual way where they, I, I either suggest that they use their own experience, um, where, you know, I was online and something popped up uh, with sexual content and um, um, I was wondering if you have seen something like that while you were online. Have you ever had this happen to you? Uh, just if it has, let me know if you have any questions. I guess using one's own experience to say, I have been online and I saw things that surprised me, whether I search for it or not sometimes sexual things pop up right you you think you're looking for uh, uh, a video that has music and all of a sudden something else pops up yeah um so uh, just an open way of you know you may have seen some pictures or videos online that are of naked people or sex uh, this is called porn it depends on the age of the child right if it is an eight or a ten year old uh, I think it's important to explain what porn is. You know, pictures of naked people having sex or, uh, you know, touching each other. Uh, and that can be confusing. Have you seen anything like this before? Uh, I want to talk with you openly so that you have the correct information. If you have any questions, feel free to ask me. I love it. That's a great. I think parents do need a script. You know, I think because they didn't weren't talked to about it. They don't have the language. It is uncomfortable. And if there is something like what you just said available to them, I mean, where can they go to learn about how to talk to children about sex? Oh, there are some great resources out there. Um, there is, uh, uh, are you talking about, you know, like uh, specific like websites, for example, that people can go yeah. and educate? Yep. There are um, amaze.org, amaze, A-M-A-Z-E. I think you'll you'll perhaps we'll talk about the resources again. That org is a great website, scarletteen.com, um, sexpositivefamilies.com. Those are the three major resources that I use to refer parents that are interested in knowing more about how to talk to their teens about masturbation or anything else. But also these are great websites for teens to go to. So yes, a, and go ahead. So if a parent is, you know, really uh, uh, determined not to have their conversations themselves, these are great places to refer your team to, to so that they can get the information that uh, they want. 
What I love about scarleteen.com is that um, it's all different ages, all different orientations mm-hmm. of sexuality, all different gender identities, some stuff for parents, some stuff for teens, some te- for kids. It's, it's so all-inclusive that, uh, that everybody could benefit from it. That's right. That's right. And that is uh, 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 the, the, the beauty of it because uh, when kids get their information from porn, porn, you know, it has pretty untrue standards of what, a, a person's, uh, you know, body <laughs> looks like uh, it's pretty. It's, there is no inclusion of diverse bodies, and uh, people can really start making associations of, oh, well, I don't look like like that, and what does that mean? Uh, but uh, having a resource where it's all inclusive, and one can find the place to identify and the group that they belong to is crucial, especially at that age, right? Uh, teenagers, the, the most important thing for them is uh, the feeling of belonging in a group, uh, in a friend's group that they can uh, identify with. Yes. And I'll tell you what I think is so important about this too is we forget, uh, or we don't forget, we're not even thinking about the fact that when you have healthy conversations around um, sexual health and masturbation, then these young people will grow up to have sexual health and healthy conversations with their partners, which when I see heterosexual couples, mixed sex couples, male, female couples, they have not talked about masturbation. They stumble on it years into the marriage. They have either keeping it a secret or they didn't think it was important to talk about. One or both of them feels betrayed. I've actually had women very jealous um, and feel and get and feel like an, inf- an infidelity response to finding her husband's porn as if he's cheating on her. And I've had men be very competitive and upset that she's using a vibrator when he could, she has access to his penis 24 seven. I've had men actually say this in my office. So when you said like vibrators can be uh, a, the patriarchal standards as you're taking sex away from men, you know, that still goes on in a lot, a lot of the men's minds, but well, what we don't, right. For sure. For sure. Right. And we don't think about the fact that teaching these kids will help them as couples growing up gay and lesbian couples, do not have this issue. They talk about masturbation. Gay guys talk about masturbation in their ads. How often, <laughs> you know, like before we've even mm-hmm. met, you know, this is what mm-hmm. I do. It's our jerk off. I use my left hand on Friday nights, my right hand, you know, it's like no big deal. Mm-hmm. But with straight couples, it's such a thing because there's so much shame and, and uh, lack of conversation. Have you seen that in your practice? Uh, multiple times, Joe, very much so. And both sides are, are true where a man feels threatened by their female partner's use of uh, uh, a vibrator or, you know, how often does she masturbate and why does she masturbate? It creates a lot of anxiety. Uh, Heterosexual couples have this, uh, let's call it, um, uh, it seems like there is less differentiation. There is more of an enmeshment and kind of uh, they get their (laughs) validation about their sexual uh, I guess performance from uh, their partner more than uh, I guess uh, other couples it seems and I encounter this issue very often where pornography becomes this uh, mistress and uh, it's very hard for female partners to understand or um, uh, even consider that uh, this is just a, a visual imagery that their partner uses to masturbate and um, have an orgasm that they they have every right to have an act of self-love and pleasure with themselves. Uh, But it seems that it becomes uh, um, 
I cannot find the word. It's possess possessive of of each other's sexuality in a heterosexual relationship much more than uh, other uh, arrangements. You say also um, a healthy relationship with pleasure cannot coexist with shame. Pleasure is innate. It's available to us through all of our senses until our last breath. It does not have to be earned. Wow. Can you expand on that? That's really well said. Well, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, the concept of shame, the belief that we're flawed or unworthy of acceptance or belonging, it's sort of, uh, uh, it can be created early on with, like I said, not understanding, for example, why a child might be curious and touching themselves and shaming them in that way. Uh, it creates this kind of, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. I'm not, I'm not being good. Um, and uh, it thrives in silence. People, uh, you know, stay quiet and the, they never kind of, uh, once somebody is being shamed, they don't ask questions. Well, why? Why did you say that? Why should I not touch myself? So it becomes this much bigger thing mentally than it actually, uh, you know, could be in real life. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, pleasure is uh, a, a very like it's a human, <laughs> a basic right, and uh, not understanding it as such or, or as something that has to be earned. Uh, I think it's also a big uh, in the American culture. I find this is more of an issue than I come from Greece, Europe. Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, people can have. Uh, um, pleasure, siestas or, you know, resting is uh, uh, it's celebrated. It, in here, I find that people are much more driven in it from a kind of like, you have to produce all the time. If you rest mm. and you enjoy uh, what you have, it's kind of a, you're, you're, you're being lazy. I think there's more of a mentality that pleasure is, uh, you know, uh, for, for the selfish and uh, you shouldn't engage in it unless you've earned it. Um, really awful. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yes, it really is. Well, we're getting close to the end. What would you, what final things do you want everyone to hear that is important in the work you do around masturbation and talking to teens? Uh, I guess uh, I'm going to go back to how, how we started that don't underestimate your influence, that your children uh, want to hear from you. Uh, they look up to uh, the parents for resources and information and um, uh, don't be afraid to be the one that is going to guide them and lead them to, you know, take care of themselves, trust their judgment, prepare them for independent decision-making rather than instilling fear and messages to scare them. Uh, uh, it's important that we raise children that are have critical thinking and when we talk about porn we also want to kind of, you know, have critical thinking who you know who created this why did they make it what is the message for who is the message that's the amount of detail that one can um, talk about to to help our teenagers thrive that's great. I, I love that. That's a really good good way to end. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Elena, uh, Alana, Eleni, um, <laughs> yeah. how can people find you on the internet if they want to talk further with you? Uh, through my website, uh, and that is betterrelationship.org. All right. 
Great. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's very informative. Um, I want to thank you and I want to um, thank you for being on the show and to thank everyone else for listening and to not forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Joe Court, D-R-J-O-E-K-O-R-T. And please rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. And I'll see you next time. Stay healthy and stay safe. Thanks for listening to this episode of Smart Sex, Smart Love. I'm Dr. Joe Court, and you can find me on joecourt.com. That's J-O-E-K-O-R-T.com. See you next time.